Thanks because we're just going to have an awesome time in the Word of God. Let people know that we are now live. Uh, let people know that we are about to share the pure Word of God that is able to build us up and to give us an inheritance. Praise God. Praise God. Just encourage your friends. Uh, encourage your relatives. Uh, host a watch party and let them know it's now time for God's Word. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I see quite a number of people that are watching. Uh, Pastor Charles is on. Um, yes, uh, we've got quite a lot of people that are watching live. Uh, Mr. Jacob, uh, Mr. Rugare, uh, Tracy, uh, Tendai. Uh, praise God. Let's just keep adding others. Constance Mutekwe, Evans, uh, Evans John. Uh, just, you know, tell your, your friends that we are getting into the Word of God. It's exciting. It has been an exciting journey for me uh, going through the book of Esther. It has just been amazing. And I trust that this lesson today is going to be a blessing to you as well. Praise the Lord. So today's lesson, we are going to be uh, talking about um, something very interesting. And I think it's one thing that a lot of people... Uh, sometimes don't really want to talk about, but it's it's part of the message. It's part of the grace message. That's what we ought to talk about. So the title for the message today or the lesson uh, today, that is lesson number 20, is He Did So. He Did So. So turn with me, please, if you can, to the book of Esther, chapter number 2, verse number 4. Yes, good morning, Paul. Thank you for joining in. TK, good to have you online. God bless you. All right, he did so. That is Esther chapter number 2, verse number 4. It says, And let the maiden which pleaseth the, the king be queen instead of Vashti, and the king or the thing pleased the king, and he did so. And the thing pleased the king, and he did so. So from verse number one of chapter number two, uh, we looked at um, moving on. And we say that in our lives at any given time, you know, we have to learn to move on. And moving on, it's not just a physical thing that we do, but move on in terms of our emotions, move on in our minds. You know, the Bible says when the pillar of cloud would move, the children of Israel would move. Uh, when it stands still, they would also stand still. So God has always been a God who wanted his people to move on. We have moved on from the old to the new, from the Lord to grace. Uh, this is the chapter, the grace chapter that we are now living in. So uh, we looked at that and we also looked at, um, are you able to hear and to listen to advice if it is coming from the not so good package. A lot of us we have to learn to go beyond the packaging, you know, and and go deeper and see what God has, you know, put in His people. The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And today now, after the advice was given by the servants of the king for the king to move on, here is what the Bible says. The Bible says, and let the maiden which pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti, and the thing pleased the king, and he did so. All right, so this is an action. Our gospel leads to action. Our gospel leads to working. 
our gospel leads to uh, a change in the way we uh, do things. There, there has to be a doing so in order for us to reap the blessings of the gospel. And by the way, when the message is preached of salvation to you, uh, as an unbeliever, you have to do something. And what is the doing? You have to believe. Right? You have to respond. You know, the Bible says in the book of John, chapter number 1, verse number 12, he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. But to as many as received him, he gave them the right, as many as received him. So there had to be a doing, there had to be a receiving. As many as received him, he gave them the right, the power to become the sons of God. So there is a part that a believer should play, and that is the doing part, the receiving part. So the gospel is not complete if it does not produce in you action. It has to produce in you a response. And it's not just a verbal response, but it is a heart response that will then result in a change of behavior, a change of action. So these guys, they... They instructed the king. The servants instructed the king. The king was pleased with the advice. But now the advice of the servants was not going to in any way benefit these people if he had not done so. It was not going to benefit the king if he had not taken action. You see, you know, uh, many a times we love hearing advice, you know, but I, I had something that is very interesting from someone. He says, an advisor is someone whose advice you take and do. It's not just a person who advises you, but a person whose advice you take and you know act upon. If you've got an advisor, a person that you just enjoy to be in their presence, they're always speaking, but you don't get to do, then that person is not advising you in any way. Or the advice is not you know benefiting you in any way because there is no action that is connected to the advice that is given. Now let me just take uh, note of something here and just maybe emphasize something that is very important here. Now, the doing of the king was not to give him an identity. The king was not going to do in order for him to get the identity from his doing. He was already a king, which means our doing so does not give us an identity. Our doing so does not give us, you know, a, a position in the family. Our doing so does not make us to become who God wants us to be. No, our doing so is a reflection and understanding of who we are already. So we do not to get an identity, but because we have an identity, we begin to do. So the Bible here is talking about the king, the king, the king, even when Vashiti was not in the palace, he was still the king. So the presence of Vashiti uh, did not make the king the king. Okay? The Vashiti came in, got married to a person who was already a king. And now Esther was going to come in to get married to the king. When they were advising the servants, they were advising the king. So the advice did not make the king the king. Okay, And marriage was not going to make the king the king. So our doing does not give us an identity. Our identity is as a result of our birth. We are born from above. We are a new creation. 
created in the image of the Christ, created in righteousness, as Paul puts it across. And because we are created in righteousness, we have to then begin to do so from the position of who we are. You know, Adam messed this whole thing up. The devil managed to deceive him. And he thought his doing was going to give him an identity. You see, it is always the deception of the devil to make you think you become when you do. You become a child because you have done something. You know, that's exactly what he did in the garden. If you are, right, or in the wilderness rather, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. If you are, if you are, if you are. And, you know, Jesus was like, well, I don't need to do anything in order for me to be a child of God. I'm already a child of God. And John chapter number two, he performs the miracle at Cana of Galilee. He turns water into wine. The very same thing. You know, there it was just supposed to be bread in, I mean, stones into bread. But it's the same miracle. Okay? It's the same miracle. But the key thing that we have to know is that he did not need to do in order for him to become. He was. That's why he did. Okay? He was. That's why he did. We are called to action. We are called to do because we are. Okay? Praise God. We are. So he was already a king. Okay? So his doing was not going to make him a king. Had he chosen not to do, he was still going to remain a king. But he was going to miss out on the blessing of relationship. He was going to miss out on the blessing of the union with his wife. All the benefits of having a wife, he was going to miss out on that if he had not done so. He was probably going to be a miserable king. But remember, miserable king. Still king, but miserable. Okay? Miserable king. So you, you have to know this. You, it has to be, you know, so rooted in your spirit, in your mind, in your heart to know that you do not have to do in order for you to become. Praise God. So the Bible here says, and he did so. Okay. So let's, let's just get a little bit deeper with this. Let's go to second, um, second Timothy. Uh, Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen and seventeen. Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen to seventeen. All right, praise God, praise God. I trust that you are learning and you are enjoying the word. Now, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, that is, for teaching, for reproof for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Okay? Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The New King James puts it this way on verse 17. It says, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the word of God is profitable, And it leads us to do every good work. It's not just for us to be pleased because the king, when he was pleased, he did. If you are pleased about who you are, what do you do next? Are you only then, you know, just continue being pleased? You are pleased, you know, by the revelation of who you are in your spirit? Well, praise God. It's good to be pleased. 
But there is something that we need to do after being pleased. We have to do what has pleased us. So if you are pleased by, you know, God saying you are righteousness, so what do you do? You do righteousness. You are pleased by the revelation that you are the righteousness of Christ, you know, in, of God in Christ Jesus, then you do righteousness. If you are pleased that you have been declared blessed by God, blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, what do we do? We become a blessing because that's what blessed people do. If you are pleased that you have got the peace of God that surpasses our understanding, what do you do? You live to the best of your ability with peace, you know, with everyone, at peace with everyone. Because those who are pleased with who they are, those who are pleased with the word of God that is profitable for, you know, doctrine, instruction, reproof, correction, they are equipped for every good work. So what equips you for every good works is the word of God. So you are pleased, then begin to do what pleased people do. So are you seeing the difference here? Under the law, first of all, you are not pleased. It is a burden that is so difficult for you to bear. So even trying to do the works, you have got a burden and you don't even know how you are going to please because you are working in order for you to please. But in this case, it is a completely different story because you are and you are already pleased by the God who is pleased with you. You do the work because you are pleased. Praise God. I just trust that you're loving this. I believe that you're enjoying this word because for me, it is pleasing me. That's why I'm doing. I am pleased in the calling that God has given me. Therefore, I do what I do. It's not, it's not labor for me. It's not, uh, it's not a struggle for me. It's not a burden for me, but it is a blessing. It is a blessing to do what I'm doing. Praise God. So the Bible here says, all scripture has to lead us to a place where we do. When you understand scripture, it has to lead you to a place where you do. Doing scripture is leaving your identity. Okay, It's leaving out from the fullness of who you are. Praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Now, listen now to what the Bible says. You know, there are quite a number of scriptures that we can go to. Um, you know, after hearing the word of God, it has to lead us to a place of doing. So my question to you is, what has been your doing? Okay, not your hearing. What has been your doing? From your hearing, what has been your doing? Okay? If you've got, you know, your husband next to you, ask him. Your friend, ask them. What has been your doing? The hearing has been amazing. But what has been our doing? Because every time we hear, it has to lead us to a place of doing. We cannot manifest the kingdom of God if we're not doing. Because the actual manifestation of the kingdom of God, it is a doing. Okay, back to the garden. After God was pleased with Adam, made him in his own image, after his own likeness, he put him in the garden to do. To do work in the garden. You represent me well when you begin to do. Okay, you please me, not when you do, you please me because I gave birth to you, I begot you, therefore I am pleased with you. But after being pleased, you demonstrate the relationship, the kingdom when you begin 
to do. Alright? This is, this is powerful right here. You please God because of the bath. But you manifest the kingdom of God based on your doing. Now that I've created you in my image, after my likeness, I want you to demonstrate what we do in our family. I'm putting you there as a representative for you to do. And through your doing, people will be able to be led to a place where they are born again, converted, and have a realization that they are pleasing to me, and they also begin to represent me well by what they do. As they represent me well by what they are doing, then the kingdom of God is enlarged. Why is it God gave man the garden? Because God wanted the garden. You know, he says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And he places man in a garden. Why? He says, if you manage the garden, I want you to be able to influence your world and expand and make the whole world your garden. Okay, I want you to expand as you grow. You are expanding the garden. God's desire, God's plan was for the whole world to be the garden. And it being the garden meant one thing. Men had to do. Men had to work. And that's exactly God's desire for us. Praise God. We have to do the working. We have to do the, the working. Praise God. We have to do the working. Because the working is what pleases God. You know, the Bible gives us a story of two, two sons. It's Jesus giving us a parable. He says, the father came and said to them, I want you to go and work in the field. One of them said, Lord, father, I will do it. And the Bible says, and he did not do it. And the other one, you know, the Bible says, he said, I'm not going to go. And then later on, he went. And Jesus asked a very simple question. Who did the will? Of the father. Is it the one who said I will and did not, or the one who says I'm not going to and later on did? The one who did the will of the father is the one who did. Okay? He's the one who did the will of the father. So the doing part from a believer is actually leaving out the will of the father here on earth. Jesus was already a son. And yet he comes and says, you know what? My, uh, my food is to do the will of the Father. What is your food? The Father's business should be your food, my food. We taught on this, I think, about three years ago, doing the Father's business. And we say that, he said, my food is to do. My food is to do. It's not to hear. No? My food is not what fulfills me is to begin to do the will of the Father. I have a revelation of the will of the Father. I've heard the will of the Father. And what I'm supposed to do is to do and live out the will of the Father. So of the two sons, the one who did the will of the Father is the one, not who said, I will and did not, but the one who actually went ahead, got into the field, started to work. And he is the one who did the will of the Father. Praise God. He is the one who did the will of the Father. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. I hope you're still hearing me. Um, praise God. The one who did the will of the Father. So we need to do the will of the Father. So the command came, uh, Genesis chapter number 1. 
and, and, and the Bible says, he says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Okay, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. It was pleasing, it was good news. We gotta be fruitful. We have to be multiplying, we have to fill the earth. But it was not going to be possible if Adam and Eve had not come together. Okay? It was not going to be possible. But the Bible then says, and Adam knew his wife Eve. And then there was Cain. Adam knew his wife and then there was Abel. So all the time when we begin to do what God says, there is the result. There is production. We begin to, you know, to fulfill the word of God and live the word of God only when we begin to do. Right? So imagine Adam just celebrating. Well, God says we have to be fruitful and multiply. Well, it pleases me because I've got fruitfulness in me. Well, it pleases me because I've got the seed of God in me. Well, I'm pleased because I'm going to multiply and fill the earth. He was going to confess positively. He was going, you know, be stuck at that place of positive confession, positive confession, positive confession, positive confession. But it was not going to in any way lead to production, to actual, the, the actual manifestation of the fruitfulness. The manifestation of the fruitfulness does not happen on chapter 1 when God spoke. The fruitfulness does not happen on chapter 2. The fruitfulness only happens on chapter number 3 of the book of Genesis when the Bible says, and Adam knew. Then actually there was fruitfulness. Now there is a cane, there is the other fruitfulness that you see, you know, on chapter number 2, it's trees that are being fruitful. Uh, it's, you know, the grass that is being fruitful, animals that are being fruitful. But when it comes to men, men only became fruitful and increased only when he knew his wife. So there is a doing that ought to take place in order for us to see results. The king could have remained single. Possible, still a king, but single. Who wants that? With everything at your disposal, to be there, you've got the seed of God in you, but you're still not being fruitful. You only become fruitful when you uh, begin to do. You know, the Bible says it is required in stewards that one become or be found faithful. So every steward has to be faithful. He has to do. He has to be faithful. And those who are faithful with the little, the Bible says they will be entrusted with more. If you do, you will be entrusted with more. Three guys who got talents, both two of them did. The other one did not do anything. Just dug, put it there, closed, did nothing. But the blessing and increase only came to those who did. Increase comes the way of those who do. Those who only are pleased with who they are, pleased with what the word of God says, they will never be fruitful unless they take the word of God and begin to leave the word of God. Praise God. Now Ephesians chapter number 2 verse 10. Ephesians chapter number 2 verse 10. Ephesians 2 verse 10, the Bible says, We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. Fulfill the destiny. Fulfill the destiny. We will fulfill the destiny. Okay? And it says, uh, 
For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. God planned in advance our destiny. God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we will do to fulfill it. Which means there is the good works that we ought to do to fulfill that which God planned. So God did the planning, but what are we supposed to do? We have to do the good works in order for us to fulfill it. Praise God. There has to be the doing of the good works. Unlike at the time of the law, where they were doing in order for them to become, we are. That's why we do. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I trust that you are still logged on and you're still hearing me. Praise God. There is the doing. Our gospel leads us to a life where we do. Philippians chapter number 2, verse 14. Philippians chapter number 2, verse 14. It says, Do all things without memorying and disputings. Do all things. Do all things. Okay, but let, let, let's take it. Let's take it from verse number twelve. Let's take it from verse number twelve. It says, "Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do." So, one sign that God is working in you, you will, and you do. Because God works in you not only to will. God works in you to will and to do. He's a doing God. He loves doing. He enjoys it when his sons are doing. He enjoys it when his sons are demonstrating the kingdom of God and manifesting the kingdom of God here on earth. I'm coming back to this. You know, the disciples, early days of their ministry, Jesus says, I want you to go out, heal the sick. I want you to do Go heal the sick. Go raise the dead. Go cleanse the lepers. Go cast out devils. Freely you received, freely give. Giving is doing. Freely you received, freely give. I want you to go out there and begin to do. Because you have received. It pleases the Father when His sons are beginning to live out their faith and they are beginning to do His good pleasure. Praise God. Now listen. So it says here, it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Right? So God working in us will always lead us to do. You cannot, you cannot say, well, God is not, is working in me, but you are not doing. If God is working in you, you will produce. If the word of God is working in you, you will do. You will be a blessing to someone next to you. You will share the gospel, the good news with somebody. Okay? You will, you will love the world to hear what you carry and who you are. You will begin to do. It is a sign. Doing is a sign that God is at work in you. Forgiving others. It's a sign that God is at work in you. Living at peace with everybody is a sign that God is living with you and in you. Reconciling people. It is a sign that God is at work in you. 
healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils, it is a sign that God is living in you. Because remember, we are called to be ambassadors of Christ Jesus, not only to be journalists. Yes, we publish, we herald, but we don't end in the journalism platform only. We begin to do, we live out. Not only do we shout it, but we live out. When John the Baptist was doubting, are you the Christ or there is one who is coming? What did Jesus do? He began to do. He healed the sick, you know, uh, cast out devils, and he says, go and tell him what you have seen. From what I have done, go tell what you have seen. How do we know that you believe? We know that you believe from what you do. This is the angle that James is coming from in his book. He's emphasizing, if God is at work in you, there has to be a doing. If faith is at work in you, there has to be a doing. If there is not doing, there is no faith. Okay? If there is not doing, there is no faith. I'm going to come back to that quickly. So listen now. Do all things. This is now verse 14. Philippians chapter 2. Do all things without memorings and disputing. How are you able to do all things without memorying and disputing? Because it is God who is working into will and to do. So if it is God who is working in you to will and to do, there is no pressure coming from the outside. There is no pressure that is coming from the pastor. There is no pressure that is coming from the leaders. If you are doing, in order for you to please the, the, you know, the leadership of the church, if you do, in order for you to please people around you, in order for people to applaud you, in order for people to celebrate you, you are missing the point. That's what they did in the Old Testament. It had everything to do with what was on the outside. Right now in the New Testament, whether people are watching or not, we do. Whether we appreciate it or not, we do. Because it is God working in us to do. Praise God. It is God working in us in order for us to do. Whether people approve of us, we do. We are not doing to be seen by people. But this is who we are. We cannot help but I help it, but to just leave out who we are. Okay? Praise God. Now listen to Hebrews now. Let's go to Hebrews chapter number 4. Hebrews chapter number 4. Verse number 2. Maybe we can start on verse number 1. Hebrews chapter number 4. Let's start on verse number 1. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. It says, I see my broadcast is being interrupted here and there, but I'm sure you, you're you still getting something and you're being blessed. Now listen to this now. Uh, verse number 1 and 2. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them, which means there was a hearing. They had, we had, the gospel was preached, you know, to them, as well as the gospel was preached to us. But this is what happened. Okay? For, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that had it. It did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. In them that they had it. Which means. Praise God. Praise God. It was not mixed with faith in them who had it. And because it was not mixed with faith. It did not profit them. Which means the hearing. Will not profit you. 
what will profit you? The word of God, remember, it is profitable. You know, so in order for you to get profit, in order for me to get profit out of the word of God, we have to do. The advice has been given. You are on your own. You are single. How about you get married again? You are pleased. But it will not profit you. The words will not profit you unless and until you actually do the going out, get a wife, get the wife into the palace, then you begin to reap the blessings of having the wife in the palace. It now profits you because you have mixed it with faith. Faith is doing. Okay? Faith is doing. Faith is a response. It's a different doing. But it is a doing. Faith is a doing that comes from a response to what God has said. So every time I'm responding positively to the word of God, I am doing. And that is called faith. And every time I, I'm responding to my own word, my own desires, that's not faith. It is you responding to your own words, to positive words and all things like that. But we are not supposed to be you know, people of positive words. We are supposed to be people of spiritual words. Not all positive words are spiritual. But all spiritual words are positive words. Okay, this is important. Not all positive words are spiritual words. But all spiritual words are positive words. We are called not to be positive talkers, but to be spiritual talkers. We are called to be of the spirit, not to be positive. You find the positive talk everywhere in the world. The people who motivate, you know, positive speech, you know, this is what you do, this is how you have to become positive. But that's not the level that we function on. We don't function at the carnal level. We function at the spiritual level. When we function with spiritual words and we respond to spiritual words, it's called faith. That is the work of the New Testament. It's not a burden. It is a response to the grace of God. It is a response to the grace of God. So all we do is respond to the grace of God. Praise the Lord. So it says the word preached to them. It did not profit them because they did not mix it with faith. Which means it is very possible to have the word preached. And as long as you don't mix it with faith, it will not profit you. Genesis chapter 20, uh, chapter 26 we're almost there. Genesis chapter 26. I want you to see this. There has to be a response, a positive response to the word of God. If there is no positive response to the word of God, then we've got a problem. We'll only live at the place where we celebrate what he said, but we'll never see what he said manifesting in our lives. We'll only see what he says manifesting in our lives when we take action. And we, we do. Okay? It says, and there was a famine in the land, besides the first famine that was in the days of Abram and Isaac. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerah. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. So journey in this land, and I will be with thee. And I will bless thee, for unto thee... And unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and I will give unto thy seed all the countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. 
Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Verse 6. And Isaac dwelt in the land of Gerah. Okay? He dwelt in the land. There was, there was a famine. But Isaac dwelt in the land. And when he dwelt in the land, what did he do? He sowed in that land. If you keep reading, you hear that he sowed in that land. And after sowing in that land, he reaped. So he did not only hear the word, he acted on the word that he had. He did something. Okay? He did something. So we only enjoy the blessing of the new life that we have when we do, when we act. We have to act. If we believe the word, we have to act. Jesus then comes and says, unless the corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. Jesus' death is an indication of the faith that he had that a seed remains alone if it does not die. If it does not fall to the ground and dies, it remains alone. So because he wanted a harvest, he knew that he had to go through the process of death. So if you do not want the process of death, then forget the harvest. If you don't want the seed to be buried, if you don't want the seed to be out of sight, if you don't want the seed to die of being seed in order for it to produce a harvest and many seeds, then forget the harvest. If you have faith, that there will be or there is a harvest in your seed. Your faith is expressed when you actually put it down and lead it to or cause it to die. Unless the corn of wheat falls to the ground and die, it remains alone. But if it falls and dies, then there will be multiplication. Now something that just came into my mind quickly, uh, Ecclesiastes. I'm sure this is where we're going to end today. Um... Let's see, chapter 11, Ecclesiastes chapter number 11, from verse, from verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter number 11, from verse 1. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there shall it be. Right? He that observeth the wind shall not sow. He that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. Okay? So, if you understand that there is a harvest, if you understand that God's word is true, now, you do that what the Bible says on verse number one, cast your bread upon the waters for you shall find it after many days. So if you hold and withhold the bread, then it is a sign that you don't believe that you will find it after many days. You believe that if you cast the, bre- the, you know, the bread on water, it will dissolve and it will vanish. But if you believe the word of God, that if you cast, you will find it after many days. We will not see it by your confession and by you being pleased by the word, but you will see it when you begin to cast the bread upon waters. When you begin to do, then you say, wow, from his doing, we tell, we can tell his faith. We tell he has got strong confidence in the word of God. Finally, that guy, you know, the, the last one of the three that were given the, the talents, he says, Master, I knew 
And I know you are a harsh man. You are a hard man. You want to reap where you have not sown. That's why I hate this. So are you seeing this? He created an image of the master in his mind. And that image that he created in his mind, he then responded to that. It's no longer faith. He responded to that. And what is it? You are a harsh man. You want to reap where you have not sown. Therefore, I buried it. Here is your talent. All right? But that's not, that's not faith. Faith is what we see the other two doing. They are responding positively to the nature of God. What has been your doing? Not what has been your hearing. We have heard, we're still hearing the word of God. But I want to ask you one simple question today. What has been, from all that you have heard, what has been your doing? The word that you have heard, right? You listen to the word, you hear the word all the time. What has been your doing? Because wisdom is seen in the doing. God gave prophetic words, prophetic words about the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the Christ, the coming of the Christ. And he did. He followed through every word that he spoke. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. He followed it through. A virgin shall be with a child. He followed it through. It was not only the hearing. The seed of the, of the woman shall crush the head of the serpent. He said it in the book of Genesis. Then chapter 4 of the book of Galatians on verse 4, he says, In the fullness of time, God sent his own son, born of a woman, born under the law, to fulfill the law. All right, And to redeem those who are under the law. He sent him to fulfill everything that he had said. With all that has been said over your life, with every word that you hear every Sunday, every, every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, every time you open the book, God speaking to you. What has been your doing? Or are you only pleased by the advice? Are you only pleased by the teachings from your church? Are you only pleased by what you hear? You know, do you only enjoy the commenting, the, you know, your identity as a king? But unless and until you do, there will not be the replacement of Vashiti in the palace. It pleased the king and he did something. I want to encourage you and to exhort you to begin to do the word that you have received because doing the word is a sign of our faith and an expression of our faith. And it's only those who do who actually see the manifestation of the kingdom of God in their lives. And those are the ones who will be fruitful, who will multiply and replenish the world until the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm just going to pray over you right now. Father, I just thank you in the name of Jesus for your word that comes in season. And I thank you, Father, that this word steers something in the hearts of your people and lead them to do. That our desire may not only be that of hearers, but that we become doers of the word of God. We don't just want to be hearers. We want to do. We want to be doers of the word. We don't want to be like a man who looks at himself in a mirror and forgets the kind that he is. But we want to do. After looking ourselves into the mirror, which is your word, we want Lord to just go ahead and begin to live out the, the finished work in, of Jesus Christ in our spirits. We want to be able to live it out so that it can be a blessing to those who are around us. To you be the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Have a lovely week. God bless you. Uh, enjoy. 
And remember always, we appreciate your partnership. Um, you know, as you stand with us to minister the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ, we really appreciate every contribution uh, that you make to the cause of spreading the word of God because it is also part of our doing and your doing. You are blessed. Thank you.